broke up my marriage. You're an awful person. You're 24 years old. Why would I listen to you? Why would you be giving therapy and advice to people who clearly need it? It doesn't make any sense, Ari. This is a horrible idea. You're listening to you listening to unlicensed. 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 Unlicensed therapy with Ari Mendes. Ari Mendes. I got it made on Etsy. You heard of that? Yeah. It's like, uh, it's supposed to be, Etsy is supposed to be for people to put up their homemade products. Yeah. To sell. Are we recording now? Technically we're recording. But I think what Etsy has turned into is mostly just businesses putting up their existing products and saying, we're on Etsy now. Like Amazon? Yeah, kind of. So if me and you made industrial metal signs and we had a business here in la we just make an etsy store and say we cool we make it look a little handier a little mm-hmm. artsier a little boutique a little boutique we just make these out of our garage but most of them are just already existing businesses mm-hmm. it's not what it was when it started yeah when it started it was like you know 18 year old girls who made handmade bracelets for yeah. fun yeah like i'm gonna sell these on etsy yeah now it's business yeah it always goes that way mm-hmm. it always ends that way yeah how are you? I'm all right. Um, I'm glad to have you back on the podcast. You're the first person to ever come back a Am second I really? time. And I'm glad you are because this has been a horrible week for me, actually. I recently got my SoundCloud hacked. And my SoundCloud was my host, my podcast host. So a lot of episodes are gone now forever. And I think your first episode is actually gone. Gone forever? It really? this weekend. It got hacked, so now the only ones that exist are the first 10, I believe, unless you're in there, and the ones on YouTube. So you don't uh, you don't host on, what, what are the other ones? I'm like, switching uh, hosts, now I'm switching to Simplecast, and I am I contacted SoundCloud to try and get my shit back, but... And what did they say? They didn't even get back to me. What, was it hacked by a single person or like a I hacker? I don't know, I don't Professional know. Professional hacker, Wow. I wonder what's the benefit from that to take over your. your I had page. a big following and. How many on SoundCloud? I had like half a million. Mm-hmm. I remember it was big. It was big to start with. You got mm-hmm. you got in at the right time. So now do you lose all those listeners? Like, are your numbers have it? I don't know. Am I the first episode I, since? You're the first episode since the hack, and I'm working on it. So hopefully Monday I see what happens. Yeah, I'm know. sorry to hear I'm that. Worried. Yeah, but oh well, onwards yeah, well, and upwards. Going. I'm just going to keep going. And, you know, hopefully my real fans, the real listeners. Yeah, yeah, the real ones. Are still listening. Not just the bots. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what we talked about on our first I I, I was trying to think when you said that. years ago. I don't I think remember. it was four years ago. Three, four years ago. I don't remember what your issues were at the time, but you got a lot of them. You're a fucked up guy. Mm-hmm. You have you have a lot of darkness inside you. I do, huh? You used to be a drug addict. Yeah. Or you still are a drug addict. Yeah. You're just sober. Yeah. And you have had a lot of uh, sexual issues. Yeah. You're a sex addict. Yeah. You have family issues. Yeah. You don't get along with your mom. It's gotten better. It's gotten better. You didn't get along. There was a point in time where you didn't get along with your brother since I've known you. <laughs> yeah. But you guys weren't on speaking terms. I know. And that was weird for six me because I like months. I like both of you. I mean, I'm closer to you, but yeah, but you're both you know the Randolph brothers. Yeah, you didn't talk for six months. Yeah, six months. Wow, that's a long time. I know, especially when 
It's your brother. I know. That's cool. But now you guys are good. You're good with your mom. You're married. Yeah. That's changed a lot. I don't even. Last time you were on this podcast, I not only do I think you weren't dating Chelsea, I don't even think she was alive in our world. I don't think you even knew her. I well, I I knew her before the store. So yeah, oh, I didn't know I, that. Yeah, I knew her before the store. Um, From meetings. No, I met her at Sal's open mic. Oh, okay. I was hosting the open mic, 2014, and she tried to cut in line. That's how I remember her. That's how I met her. What'd she do to try and cut? She's like, hey, so I'm like fifth in line. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, so can we like, you know, she was like tripping that I was like going to like hold the integrity of the line, you know? And I'm like, what, what is she going to do? For, you know, like, what do you, why you, why do you want to skip the line? If you had like a show or something, you're like, hey, yeah. I host she this just mic. wanted to skip. Yeah, I didn't. And then like. Then like I like said something negative towards her on like when I when I went up and I genuinely I wasn't trying to hook up with her I really did feel bad I was like fuck dude why did I I, I said I forgot what I said but I said I like talked shit about her for her opening I could tell it hurt her it was like you know it was like a little too far so I went on Facebook and like I I messenger hey what's up I just want to say sorry you know like that was kind of rude to me and and what'd she say. She's like, well, why did you say that? And I was like, I don't know, like probably because you're a hot chick and I'm not, you know, and you're trying to fucking cut in line and I just didn't want to put up with that. Dude, I will say, I mean, I wasn't there. I'm not there for the situation, but that does piss me off when people just try and cut the line. It's like for all these other people signed up. I don't like that either. Why do you get special treatment? It'd be one thing if like you were hosting a mic or I was hosting a mic. And and I'm I'm your friend. Yeah. And you're my friend. Number one, you're my friend. Maybe you're hosting another mic that, hey, I'll cut you in. That's that's how it goes. Or cool. if she was like, listen, I know I don't know you. Um, you don't have to do this, but I, I have a spot that I would like to try and make. And if I can get up earlier, then I'd be like, for sure, I get it. Yeah. But just to be like, hey, can you just put me up earlier? And I'm like, who are you? Yeah. I never what? get that. That, that happened because I used to host the mic at the Ice House. Yeah. And every once in a while, someone would come up to me. And they're like, hey, can I cold open? I'd be like, I don't know who you are. Yeah, I know. It's so rude. Or I'll, I'll be hosting Potluck, and someone will come up to me, and they'll be like, can I get on the list for Potluck? I'd be like, did you sign up for the open mic? Yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't get put on. Like, okay. Uh, well, I'm not going to put you on. I don't know. I, I have friends that I don't get to put on. Some people just add. They have no, they have no shame. Yeah, like with have no problem. They have no shame with, with I'm a big asking. stickler about that. I know. Me too. Me too. So what's going on in your life? What's bothering you? <sighs> The, you're you're hitting me at a good time right now. Um, I mean, everyone's got problems always, you know. Everyone's I think every them. time's a good time. Maybe now, but the fact that you feel like it's a good time, what's going on? I had a nervous breakdown over the Christmas holiday. A straight up breakdown. Like, did you have to be hospitalized? A bipolar manic episode. And, and do you acknowledge? Do you agree that it was a bipolar manic episode? Yeah. What What happened? Yeah. Uh, so. Okay, so I'll just run you back like right before the the breakdown. So I I got married to Chelsea August eleventh. Mm-hmm. Um, you were at the wedding. It was like fun. Was Those like, are fun wedding. Dude, it was the best day of my life. I think uh, you know, it was fun. I'm a little mad that you guys didn't like Lucas Hurl's review video of it. I didn't mind it. Oh, it was Chelsea didn't like it. Well, because I thought that video was amazing. I thought and it was I, hilarious. And I thought the wedding was amazing. Me, yeah. me too. Me too. We were okay. So so Lucas Hurl does these Yelp reviews of people's birthday parties. He started with my wedding. Yeah. So you I got you got to see on our side. It did sting a little bit, but I I would say keep it up forever. It's funny, right? It was it was so 
so okay so let's just describe what your wedding was first our wedding was a party it was two comedians getting married yeah and they you know i would say intentionally you made the wedding a fun funny wedding yeah it was a, a nice wedding it was even brody stevens did stand up yeah yeah sam, sam Tripoli did stand up um, there were a bunch of comedy store people there and also just like the location it was at the madonna inn in santa barbara which is yeah google it there's all it's different just like a rooms. weird place it's like a weird kind of i would describe it as like a white trash venue yeah yeah kind of, yeah you could yeah like it's fun it's nice it's not it doesn't suck but it's like a funny weird it's not a i would say it's not the average wedding it doesn't look anything like the average no place it's not for a like wedding. it's not like all my friends are getting married and they're getting married at like the bel-air country club or like yeah. on the beach in malibu or like you know a nice place in Malibu or by the beach or something. But this was a quirky, it's almost like there's always film shoots there. Every room is has a different theme. So there'd be like a pirate theme room, uh, an Elvis room. Yeah. And it's everything's pink and they have a pink tennis court. Yeah, it's just, it's it's weird. It's weird. And, and I, I don't know why, but I would describe it as like white trash. Like, in like, a fun way, yeah, like um, like Elvis, like 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 kind of like Graceland or something, you yeah. know, like like kind of like white white a uh, white trash good time. And then for food, you had like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for <laughs> the appetizers, and grilled cheese, and French fries, and hot dogs on a stick, yeah. which I love all those foods. Yeah, yeah you. Do. I don't even like fancy wedding food, so I'm stoked. But again, it was like to me when you do that, you're making a statement like. This is a funny wedding, you oh, know? Okay, so that's... And and the review of the food is what... On Chelsea's side... So you, you don't know when you're... Let me tell you the other side of that. So yeah, so so Lucas did this amazing Yelp review. Uh-huh. It was it, it was hilarious. First of all, we're at... We're, we're in the bridal suite in Tuscany. In, it, you know, Tuscany, Italy, on a, on a country farm. You're on your honeymoon. On our honeymoon. Yeah. In Italy, if you say, hey, we just got married, they will give you the best of the best. So Chelsea's right. spoiled. So we, I mean, I just now paid off the wedding, uh, the the honeymoon. I, I mean, just like we, it was very expensive. We went to the best hotels in Italy. I mean, the best yeah. meals. We everything was the best. I've never lived like that. I'm just you know normal guy. Yeah. The best of the best. I've never even been to Europe. So it was, it was an expensive honeymoon. It's so expensive. Those and you were got how long was it too? It was long. Too. Some some rooms were a thousand a night. We stayed at. Wow. And but how long was your honeymoon? Like two weeks. So you went in debt to do this honeymoon. You yeah. didn't pay cash. Yeah, car- credit card. I just wow. paid it off. I'm really good about paying stuff off, so I just like uh, uh, you know paid it off. But but yeah, I went into debt for this honeymoon, and um, so not only are we we at the best hotels in the world. So like when like Paris Hilton or like any of these people like I, I you know you're on Instagram like oh we I stayed there. We're getting the best hotel rooms at those best best uh, hotels in the world. So we're at Tuscany. We got the corner suite. We're like it's our wedding. They're like we we know, and they had like candies ready for us and food and and like we got the bridal suite so we got this it it looked like very nice it was like where brad pitt would stay yeah and and so we're sitting there after making love in custom uh uh robes and we're laying down and we go let's go on social media and dude it couldn't have been a worse time we're feeling like kings and queens and then i go chelsea you got to get in here you know like i'm laying on the bed she's like getting out of the shower I'm like, Lucas Hurl did a review of our wedding, and it was like, this thing was a fucking white trash wedding. And, and Chelsea was like, oh my God. Dude, for the wedding planning, you get steamrolled when you're a dude. The chick's fucking... Yeah, they plan the, it. It is the chick's day, dude. Sure. And, and, I, and I fucking passive, Chelsea's like, I think there should be this flower. Okay, baby, okay. Finally, like three quarters of the way through the wedding planning, I was like, dude, this is my wedding too. 
I want a pink tux. So I got a pink tux. I started saying, I want this. I want that. I don't, you know, I'm a guy. Yeah. I want a hot chick to marry who's cool and funny. Got it. Like, yeah. And, um, but I was like, we were doing the food and Chelsea's like, well, we're going to do this hors d'oeuvre and this. And we had to get the food at the Madonna Inn. If we didn't choose their food, there's a big fee, $5,000 fee. So if I yeah. want to bring in a taco truck or the In-N-Out truck, it would, they, they, they tax you. They have right. very limited stuff. Right. Chelsea started picking all the Italian stuff and that was great. And I said, dude, I want peanut butter and jelly and corn dogs or whatever it was. She's like, that's not going to happen at our wedding. We're not having peanut butter and jelly. I'm like, dude, everybody's going to be stoned there partying. I want, I want peanut butter, jelly and corn dogs. Those are all my choices. All the white trash choices because i was like bro everybody's gonna be hammered they don't care if it this but, is but i want you to know people liked it i everybody everyone did. liked it grilled cheese like, like that video lucas hurl had a great time at the wedding it he was loved, a joke he it loved was, the wedding it yeah. Was, yeah he was just having fun he was a comedian so so all the things that i fought for to be in the wedding is what critiqued. got made fun of yeah. and she was like you see this is what i didn't want people you know people are gonna say that like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches like so that that brought up a whole argument that we had had a fucking all his his critiques were stuff that i fought for to have in the wedding to be fun and so and so that just she was like oh my god and this was like you gotta take it down fucking you know because it kind of took us out of our honeymoon so here we are at our honeymoon (laughs) how many people liked it how many that was thing was going viral everybody was sharing it fucking liking it fucking you know yeah it was was like the first thing lucas put out i didn't know that lucas did that kind of shit, dude. Yeah. yeah it was his debut as a fucking creator yeah was tearing down our wedding and it, 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 it was hilarious yeah and he still has it it was the first one you know i hope he puts it back up i do too yeah we gotta press on chelsea i think we gotta get chelsea to lighten up he was supposed to be on chelsea's podcast yesterday but he rescheduled okay um and so i think when he when he goes back on there he should he should ask yeah. for it it was funny it was, it was funny and then yeah. he critiqued uh my birthday Oh, yeah. I couldn't go to that. Yeah, that was funny, man. Mm-hmm. That was very funny. My birthday, uh, for those out there, was very similar to your wedding, I'd say. I got a Hummer limousine. Yeah, it was a Hummer? I got a Hummer limo, and it picked me and my friends up from here in my apartment, and it took us to a CeCe's Pizza in Corona, which is about an hour away. So I got a Hummer <laughs> limo to drive us an hour to, like, shithole Corona. We Cur- ate the at 909. disgusting six dollar pizza buffet and then the limo dropped us back up. were people just tripping out at the restaurant uh i mean i loved it because i went there back when i was in high school at military school there was a cc's near the school and i would go there like once a month and i would like to i'm pitching a reverse episode we won't get into it now it's your story not my story but yeah i want to do a reverse episode on your podcast where or you can come on my podcast which i haven't Mm. done in four months but or i could interview you about military school Oh yeah, it'd be fun. Ari was telling me, I'm not going to tell any stories, but Ari's just giving me a, a brief recap of, of his stay in military school. Because if you guys know Ari, every once in a while, maybe once or once every year or every other year, he'll post a military school picture when he was in Roswell, New Mexico at military <laughs> school. I only have like two pictures of me at that With whole With a place. shaved head, looking miserable. It's yeah. it's like the picture just tells it. You're like, what the fuck? What the fuck happened in military school is what Chelsea said when you posted that picture. And I said, I thought the same thing. What the fuck happened Yeah, people to you? are blown away because they're like, why did you go there? You, the just, most serious picture. You should post it on one of these podcasts. Just, you know, just, just yeah. or if, if, how do they find it if they're following you on social media? You, it's you on, on my Instagram. social media somewhere. But yeah, I'll, I'll post it on this podcast. So he was too. telling me the, the, the hour before we did this podcast, he was kind of recapping some of the highlights from military school. And it was just... Ari went through hell. I mean, just it was just unreal. But that's a that's a different podcast. That's, yeah, but, that's might be a two it, podcast. It, part. And you've never talked about it. 
Not that I recall. Not in it's depth. On re- yeah. One thing I noticed I've about mentioned it. all my my comedian friends is that their craziest stories they never tell because they're like, oh, I never even thought about that. It's like right. you you were in with the fucking Navy SEALs and killed three people. Yeah, but that's not funny. It's like every- I mean, it's also crazy how long ago it was now too. Like it yeah. feels like a lifetime ago. That was it was. That was when I was thirteen, and I'm twenty nine now. Wow. So it was like almost twenty years ago. That wow. Was, wow. Pretty wild. That is thirteen wild. to fifteen. So. Yeah, that, like 15, 20 years ago. Those are crucial years. When I went, yeah. For development. But it definitely, I still remember it. So so I got married. You got married. August 11th. And then um, I have been, you know, and I can't, I don't want to talk about it too much. I guess I'm I'm not supposed to. About your marriage? Can they hear marriage? that car alarm or no? No. Oh, no. So then I started pitching. I created a, a, a character, a motivational speaking character named Martin Martin. So I, oh, you that's know, right. I, I work at the comedy And by store. the way, you've been doing that character what a few two years, years now yeah. yeah two years yeah i've got it down to where i, I like it it took two years but mm. I, I use a remote headset <laughs> and uh i i have been using my time at the comedy store not to and do I stand-up comedy i mean it's a f- ridiculous hilarious character yeah but then also a whole nother unique element of it is he'll do it on stand-up shows so <laughs> it'll be back to back 10 different comedians doing three minutes each and then they'll be like all right we have a special guest uh, this yeah. isn't a comedian. We have a motivational speaker here practicing to do Staples the Staples Center. Get up for Martin Martins. And then it's this guy. F- and then he has a, a wireless headset on yeah. from the back of the room and starts talking. And everyone in the audience and is it, just like, what's going on? I bought this really yeah. expensive headset that hijacks the mic at the comedies or anywhere I'm at. So I plug in the mic too, you know, a half hour before the show. And then I push a button and I take over the whole the the audio. Yeah. And so I and I could start from the bathroom from outside. Yeah, anywhere. I could be three hundred feet from the stage. And so now they're like, What the hell is, is going yeah, on? Everyone's uh, just confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the and the they'll kill the lights sometimes, do a spotlight in the main room. So I get a lot of support because you know the people that are running the shows, a lot of times the tech and the sound guys, like, you know, it's four hour show and they're just doing the same thing. So they're like, Yeah, I'll fucking do that I'm yeah like, they're just, excited you know, for something new completely new and different yeah so i've been is. doing like revivals and people have cried and <laughs> i've had brent broke fake broken glass i'm breaking on people so you know i i got a good manager shout out to uh, mike griffin and paul young and and um you know they're like this is a tv show and so i've been writing it for like the last year on top of planning for a wedding and you know just working two jobs and all this stuff so i've been under a lot of stress and um you know i pitched the show i took it out uh right before so so right before the holidays, I, I took it out and, you know, I haven't, I've been sober for 10 years. I haven't smoked a cigarette in eight years, eight or nine years. And I was so stressed. I started smoking. They're like, all right. You know, my manager was kind of like, all right, dude, I had, I had a sizzle reel together. I got, I got a Tony Robbins cameraman saw me doing it. That's Kyle. And, um, he was like, are you doing Tony? I said, yeah. He goes, well, I'll help you with the mockumentary thing. So he just did beat for beat what Tony does kind of, and, and I made a great sizzle reel, Mark Maron's in it, Bobby Lee's in it, Steve O's in it, all these th- these people. So I got a great sizzle reel and they're like, this is a television show. So I, I pitched seven networks right before Christmas. And, um, you know, I was, I was, you know, mistake number one, I was sure I was going to sell it, you know, on, on my first round of pitches and, you know, I'm smoking cigarettes. Chelsea's like, dude, you're being a psycho. Like I was just fixated on this. Yeah. You know, just, I was like, this is my one shot in my life and I have to be my best. And I did really well for all the pitches, but, but before I was just, I was just a bundle of nerves, wasn't dealing with things, wasn't eating right, wasn't sleeping properly. and was just so focused on, on just these, the 10 minutes, 20 minutes you're in these offices. Um, 
I had a two week pitch process. So all these seven networks, you know, all the, all the biggest ones. And, and, um, I did really well, like, you know, but, uh, one by one, they all passed and I was just absolutely sure this one, I don't want to say the names, but that this one was going to take it. And they kind of, you know, unofficially were like, Hey, yeah, you know, dude, we're looking for content where this is, this belongs on our thing. Then they passed. And when they passed, I didn't, uh, I just didn't act like, you know, it's like when someone really hurts your feelings, how you don't acknowledge it. Like I just stuffed it. We were kind of talking about that today. I just went, all right, fuck it. You know, like, fuck it. Uh, that didn't happen. I don't even care. And I didn't acknowledge it. And, uh, you know, now I'm vaping cigarettes and fucking just stressing. And I didn't, it was kind of like the end of the year. I had been working my ass off on this character and I pushed the boulder up the hill and it didn't happen. And I just was like really, really, uh, really sad, really shocked, really brokenhearted. And like, and I, you know, I've done a lot of funny, I've done a lot of things that people think are hilarious that I don't even think are funny. I'm like, really? That's funny. Like, that's not even funny to me, but this is, this is a show. I think it's really funny. Like it's funny. It belongs on television. Like you saw the sizzle reel. Like I'm, I'm mm -hmm. very honest about my work. I'm very hard on myself. It belongs. I, I'm looking at billboards that are up right now and fucking, I'm not impressed and I'm not, you know, I'm seeing a lot of TV shows. I've seen a lot of great ones this year, but I've also been like, really? That's on fucking this channel. That's on, that's what they took, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I really think my, my show belongs on television. It's funny. And, and when it didn't happen the first round, I just, I just went in a hole. And it's so, just that feeling of rejection, you that, know, that feeling of rejection, rejection and, never feels good. And I didn't start on the freshman football team and I fucked up in an all-star game when I was 12 and all these memories started flooding back and I just stuffed them. So Chelsea's like, you're acting weird. You know, this is, this is where it gets interesting. All right. So like, and I've never had this experience. So then like, you know, this is like, December 20th so we're there's a month ago so like I'm just stressed I go back to the comedy store a bunch more people got passed I didn't get passed and I'm just feeling like okay like all right like what what am I doing 38 what's going on everything I'm working towards isn't manifesting and then everybody goes well dude you Chelsea's my soulmate I, I've liked her for a really long time They're like dude you just got married to your soulmate and that's fucking awesome but still like career I'm like what what's going on you know, I, right. I start getting, no, I'm a door guy. Right, your, your love is one aspect of life. There's still other aspects that can make you sad or happy. Yeah. and it's Money, just, your career, mm -hmm. your friends. Yeah. I've got great friends. Yeah, I've got a, a great marriage. Things. Your but health. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, no, and, I, and I didn't realize how important health was. Um, and so, like, one December, like, I think it was December 20th, I didn't, I didn't sleep. I go to bed. Chelsea goes to bed. We get off late at the comedy store, so I'm kind of a night owl. I go to bed like four. Last night I went to bed at five. You know, I went slept until one. I didn't go to sleep the whole night. I work it for the lawyer during the day. It's on credit card processing, and I go to the comedy store. So I just work another 14 hour day. Like no big deal. It's not that hard. I didn't sleep last night. Whatever. The next night I go to go to bed. I'm not tired. So I was like, I'm not tired. I didn't sleep the night before. I just lay in bed, and it's like as the night's going on, I'm getting more and more energy fucking five in the morning six in the morning seven in the morning i go chelsea i'll be right back i'm gonna go on a walk she's like huh what i go on a walk from seven i just i feel like i have an abundance of energy so for, from seven in the morning to like 11 in the morning or 10 i'm walking around west hollywood just walking walking walk to the comedy store and back i live on like uh, over by the viper room so i walked i go chelsea i didn't fucking sleep last night she goes are you serious you didn't sleep last night I go, I go to i go to work at my day job, the comedy store. That night I go to go to bed. I didn't fucking sleep. So I'm on three nights, dead so 10 years sober. I don't know what's going on. Maybe I'm drinking too much coffee. I didn't sleep. So I fucking worked two jobs. By then I'm starting to get scared. I called my mom at four in the morning. She, she woke up, you know, and, and this actually, this breakdown actually helped patch some things up with my mom. But 
I started crying on the phone. I said, Mom, I haven't slept in almost four days. She goes, what? I go, I haven't fucking slept in four days. I'm really stressed out. I haven't slept. Not, I have not slept. And maybe like 20 minutes or just laying there. But I don't remember sleeping. So like, so I started like going crazy. And I used to be a very bad Coke addict. And I, the record I did was uh, four days. I just fucking did so much blow. There's a reason for it. I was on, so I went on a Coke run. I didn't sleep for four days. But yeah. that's, that's my record. And now here I am 10 years sober. I haven't slept for four days. I'm like, what is wrong? So the fourth day, the fourth morning I wake up and, uh, I'm like, I go, I go to my day job, go to the comedy store. I'm working the patio and someone's like, what show is Joe Rogan on? And I can't even answer him. I haven't slept in four days. I'm like, huh? Because like, what show I walk in, I'm like, my brain starts spinning and I go, Curtis, I got to go home right now. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I haven't slept in four days. I don't know what's going on. I'm a good employee. Like I don't, I've never called yeah. sick. I was like, I've never called in sick in four years, Curtis. So I'm telling you, it's, and he was like, okay, go. And I just walked home that night. Chelsea goes to sleep. She goes, you're fucking scaring me. And so I'm starting to act a little weird. I'm just getting panicky. And I go check myself into Cedar sinai I go, I'm here. I'm fucking, I don't feel good. I haven't slept in four days. I lay down. I go to the emergency room. The guy next to me, she goes, so she, the nurse walks in. She goes, oh, you're the guy that's on a bunch of cocaine and can't sleep. I go, no. She goes, oh, wrong room. And she's talking to some cholo in the next room, dude. It was like, and I was like, because I saw that guy come in. And I go, no, I'm, I'm, I can't sleep either, but I'm not. So they go, I go, I'm 10 years sober. I got to be real careful to tell you guys that. And they go, the guy, the doctor goes, take this. I forgot what it was, but it was like a tranquilizer. I call my sponsor. I tell him what's going on. He goes, fucking take it. That is, so your doctor gave it to you. Don't get in the habit of it. I took this tranquilizer. So you got to think, in 10 years, I haven't done anything. I've been taking that Tylenol, PM, NyQuil, nothing. I take this, fucking knocks me on my ass. I haven't done weed or anything in 10 years yeah i sit down on the couch and chelsea's like oh my god and i just fucking i, I went home took this pill fucking laid down i was more fucked up than i've ever been but it wasn't even fun it was like it was just disorienting yeah and i started to go to sleep and i just fucking fought through it and i was like i'm not tired and i instantly was sober like something something in my brain just was like overrode it i was like i'm not fucking tired so now this is day five i haven't slept I'm like, I'm going to fucking the Kaiser emergency room. And Chelsea goes, I'm going with you. So it was Christmas day. I call my mom. I'm like, I can't come over this morning. I haven't slept. I'm fucking crying. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, dude. I, There's nothing scary, Ari. You can't, it's a nightmare. Yeah, you don't know what's wrong with you. But I can't sleep. Yeah, I've never been up for five days ever in my and, whole life. And I'm not tired. And you're not, like your eyes are like, I'm not tired. And I, all I want to do is walk. So I'm just pacing around the house. And I just have this rush of energy. All I want to do is walk. So I'm telling Chelsea, I'm walking. I'm walking from my house to the comedy store. My house to the comedy store back, like that Starbucks. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. Walking at odd hours at night, like because I just get up. I'm like, I can't. The bed just like was claustrophobic. I'm like, I need to get out. Need to need to walk. So I'm calling my mom, and my mom's like, It's five in the morning. I'm like, I'm out here with these bums. I'm afraid I'm losing my mind. She's like, Go into Starbucks and get a coffee. And I'm like, Why? And she's like, Just so you know, you're not a bum or something. So like, my mom's talking to me. I'm walking around with this coffee. I go to Kaiser, so Chelsea goes, we're going to Kaiser, going to the Kaiser emergency room. She goes, he's having psychiatric, he's having problems. So I call my my therapist and my sponsor, and I'm like, dude, they're going to put me on a lockdown. He's like, and that wouldn't be, they both said, that wouldn't be the worst thing for you right now. You haven't slept for five years. What? Who cares if they lock you down? You need mental help. That, that was the scariest thing in my fucking life. So I'm like a free man. I could go just walk the streets. I'm like, or I can go back in this hospital and be like, yeah, I'm losing starting to lose it i don't know what's going on and they're gonna lock me up so they take me back to this room they're like 
lay on this hospital bed and I'm like, are you guys going to strap me down? And Chelsea was like, dude, don't start asking fucking questions like that. Just dude, if you start acting weird, it's going to be bad, you know? So I was like, Hey, I'm a comic with a comedy store and I'm just, you know, I I just trying to be cool, trying to be cool. And the doctor came in, he's like, you're having a panic attack. Take this pill. And, uh, and I took the pill. My sponsor was like, take it. I took the pill and it kind of chilled me out. I went home. I slept for one hour. And, I, and so I woke up the day after Christmas. I said, Chelsea, I slept one hour. She's like, you slept one hour? I'm like, she's, thank God for my wife. And she she got me in a psychiatrist. She's like, we're going to a fucking psychiatrist right now, dude. And she got me in day after Christmas as a psychiatrist. This lady heard my whole story. And she's like, you're having a bipolar manic episode. She goes, are you, are you bipolar? I said, no, I don't. 10 years sober? She goes, I'm 21 years sober. I was like, okay. And she's like, I'm like... I'm sober. I don't do drugs. I don't know. Never had a history of this. I have, you know, I'm depressed a lot and I'm fucking hype panicked and I have a lot of weird shit. You know, I'm like hyper and overly emotional, but I don't know if that's just being an artist or whatever. And so she goes, you're having a bipolar manic episode. Take the Seroquel. I give you seven days worth. I give you 30 days worth. Take it for seven days. It'll pull you out. This might just be an episode. I said, I'm under stress. She goes, yeah, that'll pull people into weird shit sometimes. So I went and took that pill, knocked out. And uh, and slept for eight hours. Woke up the next day. I had tickets to go to go to Chelsea's family in in New York. So the next day, I'm on a plane to fucking New York. I haven't slept in five days. I just slept. Now I'm in New York, going to the holidays, New Year's parties with Chelsea and all her friends. And fucking, I'm just like taking these circles at night, so it's knocking me out. But I'm just, I dude, I felt like edgy and like I just felt like I saw Abby just in the middle of the road. I just walked walking around. Was, What's up, Abby? It's fucking you know, 30 degree, 40 degrees out. It's fucking cold. And I'm, I'm walking around and I just like, I'm in New York and I just feel like super paranoid, dude. Like, just like what's going on. Like just edgy. Just not yourself. Not myself, dude. Like at my lowest, I didn't get the fucking show. And now I'm like looking at my billboard scene who they did choose. And I'm just like, dude, that was the lowest this, this year, this holidays in New York. I was around in New York. We got a bunch of spots to do in New York. I didn't do any of them. I go, I don't want to fucking do con. What am I going to go to a bar show and fucking Brooklyn make these idiots like you know I just started getting real negative I was like dude I I, I don't want to do this I, I don't want to I don't want to do this right now I just want a week off and so you know I went there and then I came home and I went to a uh, uh, a cre- so I have a credit card processing business that I started um, and it's starting to take off a little bit and I think a couple years I could be rich from it you know it's just a slow process but I sell credit card processing to like nutraceutical companies and people who are selling stuff online mm-hmm. And that's what we specialize in. So I had to go to this fucking convention in New York, in, in Vegas. Now I'm coming from New York to Vegas. I just had this breakdown and I had these Ativan pills. And the doctor was like, who's 21 years sober? The psychiatrist, she's like, the Seroquel I'm giving you, take them for seven days. They're not addictive. They're fine. They'll, they'll, they'll help you go to sleep. They'll treat what's going on right now. This Ativan, only take it in an emergency. It's highly addictive. So I land in Vegas. I go to the showroom floor. There's 3,000 people fucking selling credit card processing. You could imagine who's selling internet business. Just fucking weirdos. You know, yeah. there's people selling guns online and fucking diet pills. And, you know, it's just the, the, the pirates of the internet business who are just yeah. all meeting up at these annual conventions to go swap secret, you know, trade secrets and, and, and do business and stuff. And I'm there trying to sell them credit card processing. There's a guy, guy selling travel fucking, you know, selling a Bahamas tickets and this guy selling sleeping pills and it's it's already weird. So I'm there and I just started my head just started spinning. I yeah, start, I start wandering around Vegas. I go to call my one of my best friends, Bill Posley, and Punky picks up the phone. Punky Johnson. So I'm in I'm in Vegas. I'm, yeah, neither did I. I yeah. didn't know they kicked it like that, you know. And so I watch. What's what the fuck? And what the fuck? What you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? She's like, it's Punky, bitch. Why are you calling Bill? So I'm on the outskirts of Vegas having a massive panic attack. I I slept 
two night, a couple nights in the last two weeks. Yeah. And Punky's yelling at me. I'm like, I'm having a panic attack, this and that. So I call, I get off the phone with her, call my sponsor. He's like, take, take the Ativan. That's fine. I took this pill. It's wonderful. I have, I've never experienced it in 10 That's years. That's so addicted. Dude, I took the pill. I went out for some, so my boss basically, he's my partner, he's my boss. I, I take the pill. I, I got, I kind of within 15 minutes could go back to the showroom floor, met up with him. He goes, I want to take you to the best. Hey, you like Israeli food? And I go, I've never had Israeli food. He goes, I'm going to take you for the best Israeli sandwiches. There's just this hidden spot right next to the Golden Steer in the outskirts of Vegas. So I'm getting starting to feel so good on the ride. I'm eating this Israeli, the best, one of the best chicken sandwiches I've ever had in my life. And I'm eating this. And then uh, there's an after party at this club that, like, uh, I, I forgot. Oh, I forgot. The, some super famous rapper. I forgot what his name was. But uh, my friends Darren and Kevin Blatt are throwing this after party at this club in Vegas, dude. But went from full panic attack with this one Ativan to like, dude, I felt great. And I was, yeah. I was, I, I went and got an ice cream. I'm just eating ice cream, yeah. walking from casino to casino. All my problems went away. I'm like, fuck, dude. This is why I did drugs. It just felt so good, dude. I just all my problems right. went away. And I'm like, dude. So I go to this party. There's three thousand people there. And they're like, do you want to you want to go up on stage? You know, right before uh, not two chains, but dude, it was huge. they asked you to stand up. They're like, do you want to do stand up, bro? I'm drinking, a, I, I'm eating ice cream, and I go, yeah. How many people? They're like three thousand. I'm like, cool. No one knew I was on an Ativan, dude. And I just had a two hours before I was panicking on the outskirts of Vegas. <laughs> I walk out there, dude. Take the last lick of my ice cream, put it down. I go, can I get a soda water, a Perrier? They're like, yeah. I crack open a Perrier, and I start doing stand up in front of three thousand people. Who How do you do? I, did, I bombed, Ari. <laughs> 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 they were expecting to see uh god I, I forgot what his name was dude you could just google affiliate summit uh, uh affiliate uh uh after party but uh and so i and so i go out there and people start booing me dude like because i told a couple jokes i did r- rude crowd work and everybody goes boo it's all on video so three thousand people people boo- booed you dude i didn't even care i'm out there yeah so i did well for like two minutes and then and then uh and then, but they're expecting to see a rapper, and they're like, "But before this rapper comes, we we have." Steven. How did that happen, though? It, like, it just where happened. they asked you to do stand up. Like, did your your boss go? I hey, knew my the guys who were stand-up. throwing the party, and Darren Blatt and Kevin Blatt, and they're fans of the comedy store. Like, like Darren's friends with Richie, friends with me, friends with Redman, yeah. and so he actually broke uh, sold the Paris Hilton sex tape. So he's a se- celebrity sex tape broker. If you Google Darren Blatt, he's a great <laughs> presenter on the. He has a podcast with Too Short. Okay, interesting guy. One he of really runs one a of podcast that he co-hosts with Too. Short? Yes, he does. So, so and, and he brokers sex tapes for a living. That's what he does for a living. So he's out there throwing this after party. Just so happens he's kind of like in the credit card space too. I walk over. He goes, you got to come to my brother's party. It's banging. There's 3,000 people there. So I'm on fucking Ativan eating an ice cream that I bought at the Paris Hotel, licking it, just high. Dude, I never heard the story that you got booed out by 3,000 Here, people. Here's That's the thing, insane. dude. I don't even care. Dude, I, I know. You're the, on out of it. The beauty of this drug, dude, I stared them down. Like They were all just a painting to me, you know? So like I go out and like I tell a joke. People start laughing. But they're, they're all the whole crowd was fucked up on drugs. They weren't listening to me. They were just right. they were just fucking they're partying, partying their ball. It like it was like a nightclub, and then the yeah. light, a spotlight goes on in the middle of a, of a techno party. And I had you know I just knew I wasn't. Nobody would have done good. You take the best community. Bill Burr would not have gotten laughs. Yeah. It, it it was not set up for that. It was impossible, impossible. Yeah. You, I don't honestly think I believe a, you. I, if Chappelle went out there, I don't think that they would be like, dude, where's the rap? You know, and so um. 
so I knew that, that I just wanted to say I went out in front of 3,000 people and I was on Adam. I just, I literally was backstage. I took a peek and I was like, how many are out there? They're like between three and 4,000. I've never performed for more than 500. I was like, cool, I got this. Took a li- Dude, that's how calm I was. Took one more lick of my ice cream, threw it away, asked for a water. I went out there and did like one or two minutes of jokes. People were laughing like a little bit. And then I like said something nasty to a girl in the front and everybody's like, boo. It's all on, it's on video, dude, on Darren Blatt's page. And he posted it online. I haven't even seen it. I like don't I could, see it. I could go watch this you can right go now. Watch it, yeah. Oh, I have to yeah, see this. Yeah, Darren Blatt's yeah. sex tape brokers. No, no, page. his brother Kevin Blatt's the sex oh. broker. Darren throws the after parties. Hold on, let me. I could tell you. I could, I could show you a text from Darren that he got today because he goes, "Wait, God, let, okay, hold on." He goes, "Um, uh, wait, 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 hey." Uh, I watched your video. You only got booed because you dissed either the girl or the guy you were interacting with. And I had friends tell me the other day that they loved you and didn't think the boo was fair. You had them all entertained. Like, that's a text I just got today. You know, just to remind me, like, Do you hey, think the- that text was a, hey, I hope Steven's not feeling bad about that night text? Gotta be, because he's a good guy. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. it was just a, hey, I'm going to cheer this guy up. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that was. Yeah, yeah hilarious. Yeah, so, so. What a nice guy. He is a nice guy. He They're throws really- massive parties. With a good has heart. Me on. And no. has a good heart. Yeah, and I bought and I bombed. So they're all going boo. And I just like, dude, I was so unfazed that I stayed up there until they're like, hey, the rapper's gotta come. You gotta you gotta like leave. Like I was dude, I just looked at him, I didn't care. And this one guy came up to me, he's like, dude, I'm I'm a huge fan of like what you just did. He goes, dude, you're he was a, one of their cousins. He goes, you do not give a f-. I look like Bill Burr up there because I was like just fucking chewing gum. Like, you know, yeah. like truly unaffected. And they're like, that's a pro. You know, like yeah. 3,000 people booing and I'm just fucking yawning, like, dude. I need to get, get a hold of some of this <laughs> out of it. Yeah. It's incredible, dude. So, so like, so I go, so I go back in and, um, I go back in and this guy, this guy comes up to me. He goes, dude, you're, he goes, your nerves, uh, you have nerves of steel. What's your secret? He goes, dude, I, I'm a musician and like I've performed in front of big crowds and I get, dude, he's like, you perform in front of 3000 right now and you didn't do well and you weren't rattled. He goes, you must be so good. I was like, bro, I just, I'm on a fucking high sedative, you know? So like I come back to the hotel room, I go to sleep, I wake up, I come home the next day I'm having anxiety. I'm like starting to have a panic attack. I'm back in LA. I'm fucking like, God, am I wasting my time at the store? What's going on? And 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 my sponsor's like, take another Ativan. That's fine. That's what they're for. And my therapist said to take it. And I told my wife, Chelsea, I was like, I'm going to take one. She goes, dude, I, I think if you take this one right now, like every time something weird happens, you're going to take an Ativan. So I just didn't take it. I didn't take it. I was like, all right, fuck it. You know what? I've just been dealing with it. I've been taking that Seroquel thing at night and I have a, a, a therapy session tomorrow. Uh, like, and I'm going to see the psychiatrist in a week, but I've been taking that out of it. She gave it to me seven days, told me it'll pull you out of that. I'm scared to stop taking them. I just take them at night and it puts me to sleep. I'm honestly scared to not take it that I won't sleep. So, you know, that's kind of like what so you're I, still taking out of it. No, not out of it. The Seroquel, the other one that kind of puts you to sleep. I, I, and that's non-addictive. Right. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pitching the show this, this week. I have some more pitches coming, but Ari, I got to just tell you, dude, and I'm just, I like to be honest at podcasts, you know, sometimes on stage I bullshit, you know, we all kind of bullshit a little bit, but like on podcasts, I'm honest. There's no point in lying. I'm fucking low, dude. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated, dude. I'm doing good work and I just, it's not going forward. And, and I'm, you know, I ran away from stand up comedy in 2013 
I, I, I left and I, I moved in with a girl in San Diego and I came back and there's a whole Tony Hinchcliffe element to it. You know, I just talked to him last night, you know, we hugged and stuff, but he saw me run away from comedy and I would see him every six months on the street. He'd be like, you bitch, you fucking ran away and I'm becoming famous, you know, and he's continued to climb and he's always been like, you ran away. And even when I came back for the first year, you ran away, you're fucking a dork, you know, but you know, it is what it is. And I, I feel how I felt in 2014 and this is when I ran. So I'm not going to run this time, but I, I feel low, man. I feel frustrated, low, unappreciated, and I'm not really seeing a lot of... I'm working my fucking... You are, too. I'm working hard, dude. I'm working fucking hard. Hey, man. Comedy ain't easy. If you're out there and you're thinking about doing stand-up comedy, it's it's awesome. You it's gotta fun have on stage. Skin. It's, being funny is the f- 10% of the game. You gotta I be mean, able to just... You have to have thick skin, and and if you you want to you want to be a successful comedian. If you you see guys that are on TV who are really killing it, you don't know what they've been through, you know, <laughs> to to get there. Yeah, sometimes. Tripoli said something so funny. He goes, "You know why fucking super famous entertainers are always fucking assholes?" I go, "Why?" He goes, "Cause everybody wants to be nice to him now." And it took him 15 years of walking through shit and rejection to get there. And then everybody wants him on their show and wants to be their friends. And yeah. I go, I never thought of that. I never did either, actually. Now everybody wants You got your own comedy set. Hey, all right, we love you. It's like, dude, where could have used you in 2015 when I was eating tacos with Steve and crying? Right. Yeah, <laughs> where, yeah. Why could you put me on your fucking show then? You right, know? right. I've been. It's like people act like, oh, look at how funny that guy is. Like I've been, been this funny. funny. Yeah. Yeah, like a network just signed off on me now so you will you know so it's it's a frustrating fucking business dude yeah i mean honestly it's like you have to remember a couple things you have to remember was that a good story yeah i'm still scared dude i hope i'm not bipolar i think it's relatable and you're probably bipolar but that's okay really what would be your analysis as an unlicensed therapist yeah yeah you seem a little manic (sighs) yeah i think so but you know who cares yeah whatever a personality trait yeah doesn't matter. You're still a positive guy. You got a beautiful wife. You got a good job. But I think what I would tell you is you have to remember, you know, why you got into this business and and why you do comedy. And and yes, of course, selling your TV show would be incredible. Dream come true would be awesome. Validation, respect, creative Uh, uh, outlet, money. Um, A living. It's everything. A living living, in in your dream job. Of course, that's amazing. And to tell and the we people, all want it. and to tell the people out there, and please, I want this. Just, just pause it for one second. I, yeah. I want you, but just to the people who aren't in this business, that telling selling a TV show, not just not just the beauty of having something you created put out there for the world. Also, you are. I don't. I don't struggle getting spots. I'm blessed like that, and I think Ari too. I mean, dude, you just got asked to open up the main room right now. Well, we were setting up the podcast, and you know, I just opened up the original room last night at the comedy store. But once you once you have some success in this town as far as like doing live performances and that's what we enjoyed you i love doing live performances dude you walk in you're on tv you're you're an ex ultimate fighter or you're a an ex soap opera star who's never done stand-up within six months you're doing better shows than ari and i so there, once you're on right. television you could walk in and you don't have to wait ari and i wait for three hours to get up for six minutes sometimes still at our in our career once once you're kind of in the game and you've sold something and you've you've achieved some level of success you're able to just walk into clubs and they're, oh he's here and you get up that's i'm interested in, in doing that i'm interested in just being able to do three spots a night at the a clubs be amazing but what i was gonna say is you have to you have to remember, as amazing as that would be, you got to remember that you're doing comedy because you love comedy. It's the most important you thing. You love in life. creating things, you love making people laugh. 
and you don't need it's 2019 you don't need that validation it'd be nice be amazing we all want it but you don't need it you want to put out a video go put out a video you want to write a new joke and go perform it do it is it the dream is it are there people that are doing it better and doing what you want to do yeah but that's out of your control it's all that's a lot of it's out of your control a lot of it is out of your control but what is in your control is being creative accomplishing things that's in your control and that's all you can do and that's all you should do and the rest of it hey if it happens amazing Mm -hmm. if it doesn't that's too bad but you know what i'll still be happy because i get to perform still in Mm -hmm. front of audiences i get to work at the best comedy club in la i get to put out videos on the internet i love creating stuff the only time i'm truly happy is uh like last night opening up the original room all my problems went away. When I was on stage, I had so much fun. That's heaven to me. When I'm live performing, yeah. that's heaven. When I'm creating a video, that's heaven. But I guess I guess one thing that I'm thinking of is if I get a show or something like that is I'll be able to have the butt. I'll be able to do that all day, yeah. 40, 50 hours a week. Right. Instead of selling credit card processing and, and you know taking tickets at the door, which I'm not complaining. I have a good life, but it's like I, w- I would be able to do what I love all the time. Yeah, and that's the dream. But just think about you know how many people want it how many people want what you have there's so many and and yes it's frustrating to get rejected it hurts it It hurts it really hurts there's nothing anybody could say or do that'll completely take that away it really hurt dude and i guess bombing on stage dude i you know it still hurts but i I have calluses there but you know it's like i'm like all right bomb yeah this is your first thing yeah this is my first thing it felt it felt like it it, would have been way more amazing to me, like, you, no matter how, I watched this as real, it's great. I think you're great. You know that. Mm-hmm. But even knowing how great you are and knowing that I'd want to see you in a TV show, it would have been way more incredible to me if you had actually sold a TV show. Because, First, yeah, yeah, I know. Because it's like, think about how many people who probably pitch shows for years and years and years and then maybe get a deal and, and then who knows? You know, it's so no, yeah. competitive. It's so hard. So you just got to remember like, hey, you got so far... You're in the door now. On to the next thing. Yeah. Make something else. Pitch that. You know, there's guys who are pitching three things at once. I know. So it's like... I have two other things I'm writing. Yeah. So it's it's just like, that's what you do. Don't, th- don't think about the nose. Think about, okay, that. what's next? On to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Power through it. I'm good friends with Steve-O uh, um, from Jackass. And, and, you know, he tours with my brother and stuff like that. And so after the seventh no... That was my first call. I texted him. I go all seven, I go all seven networks pass, and he goes, "Welcome to show business, buddy!" Exclamation yeah. mark. That's all he said. He goes, "Welcome." That's yeah. That's the thing. It's like that dude's famous, and I bet you, you know, how many shows has he sold? Pro- yeah, maybe a, who knows? Probably a couple. Know. I don't know. I don't even know. But I guarantee you, that guy's been rejected. Even he's where a machine. He's at now he's a machine, dude. That's one thing. I like a lot of people don't know. I know Steve-O pretty well. The guy is just talk about constantly creating content, dude. It's it's non fucking stop, and he doesn't care what anybody says. It's just the next second is a new video, a new thing, a new. He constantly reinvents himself. He's constantly creating stuff, and he's very sensitive. I know him. He's just like me or you. He's an artist. He's very sensitive, but he just he is he does not. It won't stop, and like so, I just realized I'm like, and he's someone I I view as a very big success. I could wish for what he has, you know, career wise, mm-hmm. and um, you know. It, he doesn't stop 
Yeah. So I just, that's one of the, that's kind of like something I have to, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, and I'm new to all this. And so I'm just kind of like, okay, this isn't going to be the last time I get rejected. I'm not going to stop creating stuff. The desire to, to, to create stuff yeah. is not going to stop. So it's like, I, I just kind of had a, a moment to myself where I'm like, dude, I'm not, I can't, I can't be checking in the emergency room every time fucking pilots, you know? So I was like, <laughs> this is, this has got to be, this has got, I've got to deal with this now. And I know that manic thing that probably was in me, but what unleashed that was just not taking care of myself, stress, and just and just the pressure I put up. My managers weren't putting that pressure on me. They're like, hey, this is great. You did great. You get great pitches. Everything's fine. Yeah. On to the next one. We're going to do round two. You know, but I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'll prove the football coach is wrong freshman year. You know, yeah, use it. Use it as motivation. You go, okay, you passed on me. You're going to regret that when you see this next thing I got. I saw the I movie, got. the Queen movie, you know, uh, about the Queen. And that's what happened. They're they, they like, they didn't believe in his, you know, his one song, like uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And he was like, dude, you're going to be known as the guy who fucking passed on. Mm-hmm. And he quit and threw a rock through his window. And it's like, you know. Oh, you're not going to book me? Well, I'm going to create a children's book. Bears <laughs> don't like candy for ages one to four. Get it today on Amazon Prime. Do you want to talk about book and paperback? Do you want to talk about your book? I shared it on on Facebook. My Thank kid you. loves it. <laughs> Thank you. I don't have a kid. <laughs> I, I have a fictitious kid online, and my kid loved it. And that lady made a weird comment when I shared this. She was, "Oh, really? Your kid liked it?" Like, yeah, he did. People people take things so seriously. Sometimes. So what is this about, Ari? So this is about uh, this is my newest creation. It's my first book ever. And it's called Bears Don't Like Candy, illustrated by Brad Sachs, written by I love me, Brad Sachs. Ari Manis. Yeah, Brad Sachs, nice guy. Unfortunately, had to quit comedy due to getting married and having two kids. He quit. He was very funny. Yeah, he quit. Now he's a uh, illustrator for my children's books and his own artwork as well. But yeah, this is a uh, a children's book geared towards kids ages one through four uh, that live in a bear country. <laughs> Uh, because it does teach your kids, you know, a valuable lesson not to go into the forest with candy and not to go into the forest without asking their parents for permission first. So if you are a parent or know a parent that lives in bear country, please tell them about Bears Don't Like Candy or buy them a copy as a, as a gift. Uh, you can get it on Amazon, two-day shipping. And yeah. How much does it cost? Nine ninety nine. That's reasonable. Reasonable. It has a couple extra pages in there for kids to draw in and... It's, it's, you know, it's my first book. Can I have a copy? You could have a copy. Will you sign something in there for me? Of course. I'll sign something in there I for you. I love it. I'm going to take this one. And yeah. And now back to the podcast. So yeah, I mean, we've all Do been Do I sound there, like man. a pussy on this one? No, you don't sound like a pussy. Do I sound like a baby, um, like a needy, whiny baby? No, you don't sound like a needy or, or baby or a whiny. We've all, we've all been there. I, you know, it's easy for me to say, keep your head up, man. Go create something. Just be funny. Just on to the next thing but of course i've been there i've been rejected for something and I, and i couldn't get out of bed the next day because of it i've i've like i don't want to you know it's like why why did they reject it it's so good i know it's good i know i'm good <laughs> it's like you start questioning your self-worth your talent yes. um i thought i thought i told you know i've always been a funny guy in high yeah. school and class I've, cake parties i've always been a funny guy i started being like did you my were they all lying to me like it might, you know what I mean? Right, it, right. I see some people doing comedy. I'm like, you know, I, I, you shouldn't be doing comedy. Like, who? Yeah. Who, am I one of those people? Am you I think one of those that about zombies? Yourself? Those comedy yeah, zombies go, that don't know they should. They're like, am I really so un uh, like unaware of where I'm at in my comedy? You think I, you have I all hope these people would tell me negative thoughts? 
I can't tell you how many times I've had those thoughts. And then Ari bombed so hard one time. This is this is the this is you want to know what stand up is? It's bombing so hard you go to get a haircut because oh, you yeah, want to change yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Okay, what happened to that story? That's, that was that's, that's a good brutal. Story. I'll tell that story. So when I, uh, you know, uh, I I recently maybe I don't know three years ago. It's recent in the scheme of things, right? Yeah. Three years ago, let's say around then, uh, I got. Uh, to start it's not like the comedy store where you're regular but they said hey every week you could start putting in your veils at the hollywood improv it's another great oh that's a big deal yeah i'm not in that there in la so they're like you're in the system now right and it's exciting and i don't get spots there all the time but every now and then they'll throw me a spot right and it's usually because i have no manager i have no tv credits the spots they give me are hosting the open mic um hosting opening spots these teen tours for the most part i'll get good spots too every now and then but this so this spot was they said hey do you want to go perform for a teen tour and what that is is every year they have like summer camps and they let them into comedy shows at the hollywood Mm -hmm. improv so you're performing most of the bigger comedians don't want to do that because it's not the best audience. It's a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. But me, I'm like, Hollywood Improv, I'd love to. How old are the, pe- the kids? So these kids are ages 13 to 16, something like there. The ages of military school kids. Who yeah. Are just unruly. New high school kids, probably 8th grade to 11th grade, mm-hmm. something around there. I don't know. So in my head, too, like, you know, I'm edgy. I say goofy shit i'm immature i'm like they're gonna love me are you are you not allowed to swear you can you can swear so in my head i'm like i have a i have a 16 year old brother Mm -hmm. i'm an immature guy like i think this is my crowd this is gonna be fun Mm -hmm. i go up there i bomb so hard (laughs) like crickets I, i didn't get booed or heckled but it was just you know, it was a, a packed show. It was yeah. a packed room. It was bombing for 300 people. I'm not 300? saying... 300? Or, or 200, whatever Kids. it was. It was it was full. Uh, you know, they weren't like electric. It's not like the guy before me killed. In fact, the guy before me Did bombed okay. too, but he's not he's not good. I'm not going to say yeah. his name. But like, it was just so bad. I walk off the stage and I was with... I remember I was with Desiree Jackson, yeah. Dee's, Dee's daughter. Yeah, I love Desiree. And, and she was nice. She's like, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, yes, it was. And I was like, hey, will you come with me to get a haircut? And she was like, what? You don't need a haircut? I'm like, I need a haircut. I need, I just, I was so shaken from this bomb that I just needed to like change my appearance. Change something about you. I just need, I was so weird. I've never, it's never happened before. I just, I got off stage and I was like, I need to go get a haircut. There's a clean start. Yeah. So I went and she sat sat with me while I went to a barbershop and got a haircut. And if you don't know about comedy, that's what it does to you. And then the next year. Uh, they, they booked me on it again. I thought I didn't, I mean, no one was watching me, so they don't know that I bought yeah. it. I don't think. So they booked me on it again and I was terrified. To, I was like, I need to do this. To get over sure. this. I need yeah. to get over this. And I was so terrified though. Days leading up to it. I'm like, I bombed so hard last time. I hadn't bombed like that in so long. Yeah. I was scared. I did it. And I had a really good set. You did? Everybody's laughing? Yeah. Yeah. I, it just... <sighs> It was a, I was a nervous for game. you right now to yeah, find yeah. out. I, I, I had a beautiful recovery. It's like being a teacher to those kids. It, it does feel like a little bit of being a teacher because 
even though comedy is this fun thing, most of those kids are trying to be cool. They yeah. Don't, they don't want to laugh because it might not look cool. They don't really want to be there. They're told to be there. Yeah. It's not like those kids are like, yeah, take us to stand-up comedy. It's like, hey, you're going to a stand-up comedy show now, so get ready to laugh. Yeah, and, and get in the bus and, and go. they're like, oh, yeah, if I cool, <laughs> it'll be cool if I don't laugh at anything and I yeah. won't think any. You know, fuck those kids. I know. But, that's so funny. Getting vomit so hard to get a haircut. So hard, dude. It was... Do you ever tell that story on stage? I think I have a couple of times, like but a I don't. There's someone yeah, bombing so hard. You bomb so hard, I can get a haircut. Yeah, that's just a funny statement. <laughs> that right is, there. I bomb so hard, I got a haircut. That's that's my life. Sometimes I th- I feel like uh, on podcasts, like I I feel like I should like not talk about this shit. Like sometimes comedy. Like, yeah, I try not to, but. Since it's, everyone I have on here is comedians, and yeah. it's, we're all obsessed with it. This is what's going on right now. But I, but it I feel like also I, I should I should be cooler. Like I should be like, oh, it's going good and everything's fine. It is going good, but it's like, it's going great. If I were to hear myself five years ago, being like, dude, you're pitching shows. You have a, you know like you have a manager. Right. You have all this, but I don't. You're married. You have a manager. You're pitching it, shows. That is, it's funny. Um, I'd be like, like, wow, good for you, future Steven. You're kicking. We're kicking right. ass. Like if 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 pre L A R E saw me now he'd be going you're, you're doing, doing a lot of a really cool things like yeah. things that you're doing I dream of doing but as soon as you get something it becomes not that cool pretty fast you know what i mean like the first time you get a three-minute spot at the comedy store you're like whoa i'm performing at the comedy store and then you do that a few times you're like yeah i've done it it's fine i want five minutes yeah, whatever. And just everything is kind of like that a little bit. I don't know if it's because we're spoiled or it's because we, we're just humans. human. Yeah, we're just, we have goals and the goals, as soon as you complete your goal, you're like, okay, what's the next goal? Yeah, that's how, that's how we are, yeah. And maybe that's that's what you got to do. You got to take a step back and realize I'm doing things that people dream of doing. Well, like when I go to the comedy store, I'm always interested on the marquee with all the most famous comedians in the world to see who, because it is, it's put in order of who's the biggest and that that order changes, you know. I'll be like, "Oh, he went down. Like he's above him." He, do you think they look at that and go, "Like I'm second? I'm it's the a good f- question. Yeah, like, like some I'm of the, them's like, "Why isn't my name at the top?" I have a Netflix special right now, and I'm third. You know what? I, I'll be honest because when I get the signs for the marquee, yeah, the names sometimes, yeah. If there's someone who I really don't like, you'll put them second or third. I'll put them on the bottom <laughs> if when I'm doing the marquee. There was I like there was, that. There's a guy, and I'm like. I have to put him on the marquee. I got to do my job, but, but if yeah. I put him on the bottom, no one's going to say anything. He's going to the bottom. And he's going on the bottom. Yeah, I get it, dude. I've done that before. I, I, I've done shit like I'm that. Not gonna, I'm going to be honest. I've dropped people's names on that comedy star marquee. Ooh. When, when Ooh. they're in the order, they might have been up here yeah, yeah. towards the top. Sorry. Sorry. You pissed off the wrong yeah, person. Yeah, you, you shouldn't have said that thing about <laughs> me. Dude, isn't that funny? That's how it is. That's how it is. I play like that. It's just a little thing. It doesn't affect him at all. There's no, it's just, it just makes me feel a little better. A little, a little when I worked, when I, when I worked at, at a restaurant, I would touch people's food that were, were mean to me. Really? If it was I'd a bad table, finger, I'd put my finger in their food. And on your way over there, you go. Some guy goes, why are you doing that? And I said, power. <laughs> Cause I feel like I don't have any. And this is like a slave breaking a tool. It doesn't matter. The master is going to get a new fucking, every a new time tool, I go but. to eat and my, my mom is the type of lady who at a restaurant will talk. She shit. will, she'll send things back. She'll yeah. just be a difficult customer. Yeah. And, and she's never been a waitress for sure. Cause yeah, no waitress ever acts like that. 
but or no and i say to her all the time i go my friend would kiss the food yeah i go you know you know how many times people have spat in your food, mom? She goes, no, they don't. People this that, is they don't believe restaurant. it's even like, a possibility. I'm like, you're foolish if <laughs> yeah. you don't think they're doing do stuff who, to do your you food. Do you know serving you? Stone teenagers yeah, yeah. and illegal immigrants. Maybe you, not like, every time. You may be right. Sometimes they just bite their tongues and serve you your food. But sometimes, of all the times you go out to eat, someone's doing shit to your food. <laughs> yeah. And it's not sanitary. And it's not something that you'd want. Yeah. That's so... Dude, that's so funny. Like, yeah, I would... I would I've messed with food. Dude, unless they really mess up my order, 90% of the time for me, I suck it up and I eat it. If I order something and I say no tomatoes and they bring me tomatoes, I'll take the tomatoes off. <laughs> no big deal, man. One, one of my one of my best friends who was in my wedding, I'm not going to tell you who it is. Uh, uh, we worked at a restaurant together and um, there was this guy that was one of the investors. He wore a bow tie. He was just a fucking asshole. And he'd always be like, you send me the save me the end pieces of the bread and he would like berate us and yell at us so now we're like all right well the end pieces of bread are going to you so we're not going to affect anybody else at the table he liked the end pieces of the bread and he was an asshole and my friend would put it up his ass what do you mean his, up his he put the piece of bread up his wipe ass? his ass with oh the just bread, yeah just like put it under his balls put his dick on it one time he even baked a pube he cut it open put pubes in it, cinched it back, and then put it in the toaster. It's like that movie Waiting with Ryan Reynolds. I've never ever seen see it. No, oh, I've never seen it. It's a classic movie. At least I haven't seen it in years, but I liked it when I was a kid, and I've never been a waiter. But it, it all... It happens. You at watch every it, and you, know, and you know as you're watching it, you go, these are all stories that this writer or director either experienced or heard from someone. This is Everyone all has done real. It. Everyone has messed with food. Yeah, and it's hilarious. Everyone. Yeah. And my friend would bacon, we'd, we'd bring, we go, we have your end pieces, sir, right there. And he's like, that's what I thought. And he, yeah. he would eat, you know, this is a, this is a dark story. Should I tell it about the wait, serving? Or, so, so, you know, during the end of my, my Coke days, uh, I was working at this restaurant called Crocodile Cafe. It's no longer around. It's in Pasadena. And, um, these uh my first day i was uh i had a really bad coke addiction and i was you know just always coming down from blow grumpy mm-hmm. kind of like some people we know at the store just kind of you know just grumpy always hung over and these two cholos came in and uh they're two teenage gangsters and they would come in they'd order a, a, an extra large fries which was like this heap of, of fries with ranch they would eat it they would get down to the last fry put a hair in it say so we got a fucking hair in it and they would get it for free and this girl, when she was training me, she said, oh, this is something you're going to have to deal with. These guys do this. They pay in all quarters. They end up, but they'll just end up paying nothing every time. And for some reason, the manager just did, you know, they would just. Sometimes, especially when you work for a corporation, it's easier to just. Deal with that. Deal with it. If you were a small business owner, you go, sorry. Yeah, some Italian guy owning it. Get the fuck out of my store. But, but in yeah. today's Yelp day and age and you got a corporate boss, you go, sure thing, man. It's free. Yeah. Have a good day. So I, so I, so I served them. They did that to me one time. I went, all right, I'm going to take these guys every time and I'm just going to spit in their food. So I would take their fries. I would hawk loogies in all the fuck, just mix it in there with the grease, just fucking cover it in my spit and serve them. And they would fucking. It was it literally the same guys each time. Same two guys. Yeah. Same two gangster kids, but probably 17, 18. And I was like maybe 22 at the time, 23. So they're around my age, but you know, maybe, yeah. maybe around my age, my yeah. age are a little younger gangsters covered in tattoos and fucking and i would just spit in it and it happened for six months that i worked there and every time i'd be like they, some girl would be like oh I'd be like i'll take them i would take them if they weren't in my, in my that's who i was you know I, I would, I'd, i'll take them yeah and so my last day i put in my two weeks my last day they they're, they're there 
and fucking I'm like, this is the big reveal. I'm going to get to tell them I'm doing what I did. And so I fucking spin their thing. They go, hey, they, they were they were just dicks and they knew what they were doing. They did every time. Every time they go, there's a fucking hair in the food, homie. Sorry, it's free. And I go, you know what? No problem. I go, guys. And I sat at their booth, dude. I sat down next to them. I go, I got to tell you, it's been a pleasure the last six months serving you. Um, I've gotten you every time you've come in. Have you guys noticed that? That it's always been me. And they just like had this look in their face. There's nothing scarier than a white boy who's just lost yeah. it, you know? And they looked, I go, have you ever noticed it's, I'm the only server that's only served you guys. It's always me because I would always take them. I got them. I'll jump in there. Steven, thank you so much. I never told anybody what I was doing. And I said, I don't like where I'm at in life. I have a very bad drug addiction. I'm suicidal. And I said, I've always taken you guys because I saw what you did the first time. And I thought, what an opportunity to just be a piece of shit back. So I just want to tell you, it's my last day, so I could finally tell you now, I've spit in your food for the entire six months you fucking came here. So every time you would eat all the fries, that was drenched in my spit. And then when you would get another refill for free, that was all drenched in spit. And it's been a pleasure to serve you. You don't know how, how much it's helped me and the pain I have inside. And I go, so I just want to tell you fuckers that. And if you have anything to say to me, I'd love to fucking hear it. And they just looked at the ground. I said, it's been a pleasure doing business with you guys. And they, they were, they fucking did not say a word. Did not say a word. Wow. This is a real story? It's a real story. I never told anybody that story. That's insane. That's it was, awesome. Dude, it, it, dude, I just, that was that. They were that. just like struck. They just they, didn't they know what didn't, to say. They had not a word. Because I was staring right at them. And I, and I sat at their table. And that's kind of like a... It's a psycho move. It's like if a seal were to jump up on a great white, it'd probably swim off. <laughs> if I saw these guys in an alley or if I saw these guys drunk at night, they'd probably, you know, fuck me up or, you know, but it was just yeah. like, what's up? You know, like, obviously this guy's done this for six months. There's something wrong. Yeah. They, 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 were, they didn't say a word. And I said something. I said, oh, you know, you guys don't have anything to say? I go, well, I'll see you around. And then afterwards, like I, you know, like an hour or two later, I'm like, why did I, you know, I started, so, you know, I'm like, I I'm like, fuck, why did I just gonna find me? <laughs> yeah, dude, I had stories like that. I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings with Nick Kekaris, dude. Right, and, we're, gonna, you know. we're gonna take a couple of calls here before you gotta go. We got okay. eight minutes. Oh, I gotta left. go in eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. So let's take a couple of calls here. Give them advice. Okay. Um. So, yeah, these are people who call into the show. If you want to call in. You could email your voice recordings to my email, ari at arimanis.com. And we'll play them on here. And I want and, a picture, too. Yeah. So this is, I feel like I've already played this one, but maybe I didn't. This is from Leslie Jones. The comedian? No. But I assume it's uh, another black woman, but okay. we'll see. You know, there's times when I can't even get up in the morning. Everything feels like a chore, from washing my face to brushing my teeth. And it's been going on for years. What is it? Is it a chemical imbalance? Do I need to take drugs or do I need to just step up and push through it? Answer you answered it for us right there, Leslie. You you know that you shouldn't take drugs. You know that's not going to work. I don't think that we need to say anything. Mm -hmm. She knows. Do I just push through it? Yeah, obviously you push through it. Yeah, that was a stupid was that a question. cry for help? It's really stupid. Do I take drugs? Yeah, yeah. You go take go become a drug addict. That's going to fix the problem. That was a dumb question. You dumbass. 
I'm oh, sorry I didn't wrong. get in that bad mood, but what a dumbass. Yeah, it's a dumbass. It's like, did you call in just to call? I don't really know. Yeah. what. Don't, don't waste our time. To, you know, if you have a real problem that you don't know the answer to, that's what this is for. But you clearly already know the answer, and you just wanted to waste our time. So, okay. a prank call. This is from Rain Thomas. Morning, doctor. Um, I am. Is this not? Does that sound like the same person? I I hope we're not being. All right. If this set is up here. if this is Leslie yeah, Jones now you're gonna again, have to change your number, Ari. If all right. Doctor, um, I am calling in. I am having a problem with accepting the role of aging. I am in my early 50s and i'm thinking i i want to run away i don't know where i want to run away to but um go somewhere you know somewhere where i don't have to be an adult and make adult responsibilities and do adult things you know just kind of wander aimlessly maybe another country since i am in the states but, of course, I have family here, and just kind of disappearing doesn't seem like the right thing to do, but it feels like the right thing to do. And I'm hoping that maybe you can guide me. I am truly like a wanderlust, um, that girl who just could hop on a train and just get lost in in the world and yeah, go out nothing and wrong with, vacations. with my hands and be a sustainable, giving person. Okay, so please, um, if you can help me, or even if you can't, it'd be nice just to hear back from you. Thank you. Thanks for calling Rain. That's nice. Yeah, Rain. Rain Thomas. Uh, you know, I think, you know, it's kind of what we were talking about today, where mm-hmm. sometimes you just feel rejected, you feel stuck, you need to change a pace. And you said you have family here, but, you know, they could understand. There's nothing wrong with treating yourself. Get away for a while. I would say get a haircut. <laughs> yeah. Do that Get too. a new haircut. Get a haircut. Go on. Go on. Take a little sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Take some time off your job. Mm-hmm. Mix it up. And if they don't let you take time off your job, you're at the wrong job. Yeah, quit. Yeah, I would say they quit. There's, there's other jobs there. You seem like a responsible person and polite. And polite. Mm-hmm. And black. Mm-hmm. Right? She's not a black. Yeah. Okay. So now we're gonna. I'm just gonna read one email. This is the first time I'm doing this. Um, because. Uh, someone emailed me in this long fucking crazy email. Okay. I'm going to read it. That's fine. I'm going to give them advice on it. We have three minutes. Hey, Ari, this is Matt in Charlotte, a.k.a. Dark Artist. Okay. Sounds like a Theo Vaughn fan. Mm -hmm. Saw me in Charlotte. On YouTube and Instagram. Oh, he's plugging a Dark Artist on YouTube and Instagram. Okay. Well, I made a lot of money by the time I was 27. Seven figures several times over. Okay. Uh, the ex cheated on me once. I know I should have left then, but the kids, man, I thought I was doing what's best for them. I found out she found a wimpy, non-A-type personality, play a rat king. I'm not going to read the rest of this email, actually. It's not a, it doesn't sound real. Yeah, I don't appreciate that. A lot of Theo Vaughn stuff in there, and I think that... Uh, Theo Vaughn references. Yeah. It's like, you know, maybe send that to him. Send that to Theo. It hurts a little bit. Yeah, it stings a little bit. I'm my own man. Yeah. This is my podcast. I think I think that's a, we you know you said enough right there. Don't mess with Ari. Yeah, it's not nice. I might even I don't know if I should leave this in or edit it out. I think you should leave it in. Leave it in. Yeah. Yeah. Don't email me that shit. What, what would Theo do? Theo would be like, dude, email them. You know, Theo's a great guy, but I'm my own man. You're your own man. When I see you guys on tour, I think two two men. Two individuals. Two individuals that two. just happen to be at the same place at the same time doing what they love. That's right. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not only gonna not read the rest of that email on the podcast. I'm never gonna read the rest of that email. I don't know what it says after where I stopped reading, and I'm not gonna read it. Yeah, too too many name drops, buzzwords. We don't. Yeah, need too that. many keywords, too many references. Keywords, and you know what? Also, be your own man, dude. You're yeah. referencing another man's phrases and titles in an email to a separate podcast. Hey. Be your own person. Sounds like you're Listen, mixed up. Listen, watch, admire your favorite comedians. But when you start to talk like them, enjoy it. A little pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do actually I know, talk like Brody Stevens a lot. No, not you. Doesn't count. No. No, I, no, I mean, say, we Bro- all do. We Brody's all do. the only one. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's free all, from Everyone that. quotes Brody Stevens. Yes. Yes. You got it. You got it. It's like, it's, it's not even his. It's Positive ours. Positive push. Yeah. Dude, I had him on this podcast. How was that? Uh, it was a one hour Brody Stevens monologue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said I, maybe three sentences. Whole episode. He's so funny. There's been two guests like that. Him and Barry Katz. Him and Barry Katz both just, just just them talk. It's their you podcast. You haven't on a podcast with Brody. It's his podcast. Is any podcast with Brody? Good luck. Enjoy it. I don't think sometimes I'm like I'm an alpha male, and then sometimes I'm on a podcast with someone else. I go, I'm not an alpha male <laughs> yeah, clearly yeah. because yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I did not talk at all. I, the the one of the few comedians I've been on tour with is Brody and open for five minutes out of the comedy club. You know we're we're driving. All the way to up north, it's been like seven hours or something. And Brody's like, you know, the reason why I brought you is because you're a clean comic and you're just polite. And I said, Brody, I'm really dirty and I swore. And he just goes, oh, my God. And he just got quiet for like yeah. 20 minutes. Like, yeah. what? He's never seen me. He just assumed I'm a clean he, comic. Didn't he classy, say, clean. When you were on the road with him, didn't he say he think I was Greek? No, dude, this was this. He goes, he goes, you know, Stephen Ari's coming over here with his Greek energy and you and I are, are good Jewish guys. And I go, dude, he's not Greek and I'm not Jewish. And he's like, you're not Jewish. I go, Ari's Jewish. He goes, oh, he goes, you're not Jewish. I go, he goes, that explains a lot. I had a lot of questions that explains it. And I go, are we not friends? He goes, it's definitely changed some things, Stephen. And then he got quiet for 20 minutes. And like he brought it up for like a month. But now I've convinced him, you know, because like I'm like my dad was in entertainment. Brody, I grew up in an entertainment family like this and that. He goes, oh, OK, OK, OK. Yeah, he loves your uh, stepdad. Oh, that that changed it all. Yeah, my 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 mom's husband. He plays throws warm up for the Dodgers. He's <laughs> yeah. a part of the Dodgers organization, and Brody knew him and all of his stats. And so that's that's you know that sealed the deal. That sealed the deal. Friend for life. Friend yeah. for life. Festival right. of friendship. Well, thanks for being Brody. on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, I love you very much. Love you I, too. I enjoyed this a lot. And I know you're. You know, it's funny. You're you're so sad. In a year from now, you're going to be laughing. I can't believe I let any of that stuff get to me. One year from today, you're going to be. In a totally another place. I think so. And you're going to say to me, I can't believe I was bothered by that and talked about it on your podcast. And, and I feel I feel like, you know, I was vulnerable. On your podcast, I was like, this is where I'm really at. I could just be yeah. like, hey, guys, no, I, it's be, all real. I opened up the comedy store last night and I just got married. You know, but like, and just highlight all the goodbye. I just, I want to come here and do therapy with you. No, and I appreciate it and it's real. But I, I can tell you okay. that I think one year from today, if not less, you're going to be... I can't believe I let that stuff get to me so I love, much. Awesome. I really I, I, think dude, that. And, and if that happens, if that change of mind happens, I'd like to come on. You know, that'd be yeah. a third time, but not to be greedy, but just <laughs> I will come on and say, yeah. it, you were right. I mean, there's some saying. I don't know who's saying. I don't, I'm getting. I'm going to get it wrong, but it's, someone says, like, if something's bothering you, think to yourself, will this matter five years from now? And yeah. if it won't, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. 
You know what I mean? If something's bothering you, think to yourself, is this going to matter in five years? Is this problem at all going to matter? And if yeah. it isn't, then it's not that big of a problem. Okay. I like that. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Positive push. See you later.